The future has imploded into the present. With no nuclear war, a new battlefields of people's minds and souls. Mega corporations of the new governments. Computer-generated info domains are the new frontiers. Though there is better living through science and chemistry, we are all becoming cyborgs. The computer is the new cool tool. Though we say all information should be free, it is not. Information is power and currency of the virtual world we inhabit. So mistrust authority. Cyberpunks are the true rebels. Cyberculture is coming in under the radar of ordinary society, an unholy alliance of the tech world and the world of class descent. Welcome to the Cyber Corporation, Cyberpunks. Format for the show is uh, I just figured uh, it'd be fun to like do a, a talk from just a chat with all of us recapping the year for or yeah, I whatever. definitely want to spend a lot of time thinking about the year. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds like a fantastic time. Things learned from and survived by and uh, um, funny. It's kind of a thing where it's like given the, some of the things that I've seen, it's like it's almost like uh, watching. Um, if uh, you remember, if anybody saw like the the John Oliver show and the the who did, they did an entire like filmed presentation production number about the end of 2016, where they actually literally did you know light a thing a sign that said 2016 on fire inside of a dumpster. And I remember like, that. Yeah, and um, and so it's one of those things that's kind of like free flowing um, free th- free flow free flowing uh, recap. Uh, covering whatever top any particular topics you want to cover. I mean, I wrote down some little notes saying stuff like, um, like you oh, know, oh Jesus, oh Jesus, when will it end? Not next year, that's for sure. Yeah, uh, <laughs> topics like uh, see Bernie and Nevada and uh, unemployment and lockdown. Yep, and don't want to talk about that. Um, crumpled hopes and like hanging out outside for the first time. You know. Hanging out a lot outside for the first time in years, even living, and also games, yeah. movies, TV, the uprising, tear gas, and recommend uh, <laughs> recommending the latest Bully album. So, um, well, you've you've given up the game on the Bully album. It's well, yeah, now we know now people don't have to listen to the end for our recommendation, or at least for your recommendation. Right? Yeah, I'm sorry. It's well, it's this is. Um, it's like how at a certain point um, to call back to a previous author we have covered a lot um, at a certain year like you notice how like Stephen King would start like really doing like extremely dark um, foreshadowing at the end of certain chapters just to have a dramatic chapter break where it's like you know it had it would be the last time that this person would draw breath you know in the state of New Hampshire but they didn't know it yet or yeah something like that he didn't know it, but shit was about to get real fucked up. Right. Only in a main accent. I cannot believe they remade The Stand now. <laughs> I, can, I can believe it. I, I can't. can believe it, too, but it just feels really ill-timed. Is, yeah. it, is this the third The Stand? Wait, or, you, you, you can't beat Rob Lowe. Yeah, I was going to say, when, when was the, the second? I'm trying to remember when the second, when the second one was. 
the 90s, I think. Wasn't there a well, sci-fi yeah. channel well, one? Yeah, well, yeah, well, the, yeah more than likely because you, you had the one from the, the original one. The big one was uh, ABC because that was when they were still doing their their Stephen King multi, um, you know, miniseries because that that aired the same month that The Crow came out and that I graduated high school. So, like, I have, like, big high school atta- uh, attachments to both The Crow and The Stand. But I can't remember when the second one came out. I've never seen any of those. I actually read the book, and I thought it was a wet, hot turd. Personally, I don't, I don't understand what all the fuss is about. It's funny because it's like a recurring theme on the podcast that we have talked about this. Uh, yeah, yeah, I read books. I'm not going to apologize for it. I mean, I read the book too, and I enjoyed it. But it's also, yeah, like you said, it's a, it's a pretty shitty book. But well, it really falls apart at the end, and I'm not sure why I needed to hear that much about a dude like jerking off and coming on his stomach, but. I guess that's what people were into in the what was it? The, when did that? When was that book written? The seventies. Uh, Cocaine is a hell of a drug. Very yeah, very late seventies, and then the uh, yeah, that, the, you know, the uh, self love was a very important you know new movement that didn't really get its due. Yeah. It's a weaponized strain of influenza, which kind of hits a little bit different now. Uh, I thought it was funny that they cast uh, they cast, in the late I guess in the new version they cast Whoopi Goldberg as uh, the old mother. What's uh, what's the what's the what's her name? Oh it's yeah, just mother, isn't it? Uh, one more time, isn't it just mother? Mother something. Mother. I can't remember if it's like. Oh, McKendry would know, but she's not here. Right. Mother, mother. Abigail. Mother Abigail. Abigail. That's, yeah, that's, I'm kind of curious. So good survivors of the Captain Chips flag, and also claims to be a prophet of God. She is 108 years old. <laughs> Randall Flagg, if you are free, call me on Thursday. I'm ready to go to Las Vegas and die. How much? Uh, I'm kind of curious to. See, I will say I am curious to see how much um, Mother Abigail, Mother a- Mother Abigail's affect will be a lot like Guinan's. Mm-hmm. Related question: How come? Uh, why did they write Guinan to be a better counselor for the ship than like Troy was? Even though that was her like her like a stated her like you know ostensible like reason for being there. Because bartenders lot. always do the therapy that your therapist can't actually give you. That's the answer. Thank you. Okay, that does it. I I have a competing theory. What's that? Mm-hmm. Uh, because Diana Troy was conventionally hot, and Whoopi Goldberg, while attractive, I don't think uh, it had the same sort of mass market appeal. So they were able to actually treat her like a human being and have her have like meaningful conversations with Picard. She didn't have to do jazzercise. She, yeah. she didn't. She didn't have to be a being whose entire existence revolves around feelings. Isn't that her yeah. whole thing, basically? Yeah, I mean, the Beta Zoids, that also that's their race. They just are empaths, right? Like, they feel everything. I've got a Jacobin article brewing for the unwokeness of, of Star Trek Next Generation. I don't know. Like, I think that's a pretty amazing concept. I'm, I'm just reminded of, like, how Voyager had an empath that was, or Betazoid that was a serial killer, but played by um, Broad Dorif, was amazing. That Shit, he, cool. I didn't know he. I didn't know he. Had, I mean, I'm not surprised he had he had a a, a cameo on there, but I didn't know they actually cast him on there. That's he was that, a recurring uh, character, and he had a redemption arc. I think that was pretty cool. How wow. does that work? Wow, that actually uh, seems worth that actually seems worth uh, w- making Voyager uh, <laughs> worth watching now. Seeing as how I mean, God, oh my God, have you not watched the whole thing? Voyager, yeah, but I'm sorry. No. Did you say he was a serial killer? Well, he was a he was like he, had, he was a sociopath. So he was like a Betazoid 
but he actually didn't feel anything himself. He just felt other people's feelings. And then he had the urge to kill people and he gave into it one day and Tuvok finds out and it's a whole thing. It's, it's really good. It's a really good subplot. I have studied violence for over a hundred years. Studying it and knowing it are two different things, aren't they? It's attractive, isn't it? Attractive? Violence. On the contrary. I find it disturbing. You're right. It is disturbing. Never knowing when that impulse may come, or whether or not you can control it when it does, you live on the edge of every moment. And yet, in its own way, violence is attractive too. Maybe because it doesn't require logic. Perhaps that's why it's so liberating. Ironic, isn't it? That I can share with you of all people what I have hidden from everyone all my life. Just wow. Was he I'm enormously skeptical. Was he really uh, interested in what it would feel like? Was, was that his, his motivation, that he wanted to feel like what that would feel like inside the other person? Is, like, I is think that it why was... He got, yeah, it was a combination of that and just having this un- overwhelming urge just to see how that would, yeah, the, how would that feel? And, but trust me, I was very high when I watched that show. So don't ask me for like, and it was also a few years ago, but I just remembered really enjoying it because it was terrifying. Because betas always have like those completely black eyes. If you've ever noticed, like Michelle plays, you know, like Deanna Troy's mom. Yeah. What's her face? And like, every time I look at her, I get really uns just unsettled because of the fact that her you know there's just all pupil right there's no iris it's just right. black eyes i just don't like oh, anyway but when you put that on like a, a sociopath character and also broad Dourif, i mean horror right. genius it it's it, it is uncanny and uh yeah i'm Watch still- it high yeah, I'm still waiting for the major the major Barrett's Roddenberry like standard, you know, standard uh standard voice for everything from like, you know, Satnav to Siri to whatever like intelligent assistant you have. And all there that, isn't uh, an app for that yet? Uh oh they did well they did rec- before she passed, they did record like a full set of oops, someone is making biscuits. Uh they no, did he's, record He's kind of technically masturbating, so I'm going to stop him real quick. That's an interesting way to do it. That's Brad Dorif. Yeah, worm tongue. Sorry, uh, yeah, worm tongue. Yeah. Or uh, or uh, that guy is that guy is a terrific. Or yeah, or Peter De- actor. Peter Devries. Chucky. Yeah, the Chucky or the the evil Mentat from Dune. Also the uh, the very. Um, if you ever see the Stephen King adaption of Graveyard Shift, the film, he is very obviously like the bad person, you know, the bad guy. Only they only could afford because uh, it was such a cheap production, they could probably only afford him for like one day. So all his scenes are like shot in like a single set away, from, and he never interacts with any, any of the other cast. And they they kind of cut back to him, you know, um, um, emoting and talking to like one other cast member, but that's it. It's um. Uh, Graveyard Shift is not the best Stephen King film, although it has one of the most realistic depictions of um, uh, blue-collar, working-class life on film that I have seen. And you are listening to giving the mic to the wrong person. I am your host, Jeremy. Going to butt in here uh, 30-odd minutes. 30 minutes plus after we have started to introduce everybody. This is our um, our attempt at a shambolic uh, 2020 recap. Um, uh, going around the room, can, uh, everybody who I am staring at screens on the monitor, can you please introduce yourself to the viewing audience? 
All right, I'll go first. I'm Garrett. Um, I've been on here before. I'll be playing the role of Jeffrey Tubin. <laughs> uh, either so, one. Know, that's kind of an old joke now, but it's we don't get together very often, so I got to make it. I'm glad that you kept it for all the time. I appreciate yeah. that quite a bit. Oh, well, you're welcome. I'm so glad. Um, I'm not. I've been on here before, of course, too, but it's been a while. Thanks for having me on, Jeremy. You got it. And I'm J- I'm Jacob. I'm the one with all the good opinions. Yeah, and the yeah, no, <laughs> no. Haters. Somebody's hate. wrong about the stand, and we're gonna figure out who. Yeah, it was uh, on, an, on a hard hitting episode. Stand is trash. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, I'm kind of curious about uh, how they will. Tr- uh, what what? How hard will they swing? At trying to recreate the opening shot of the 90s ABC miniseries backed by Blue Aster Cult, which is like one of the main things that anybody who actually saw the original uh, broadcast remembers. And if you actually go back now and try to watch, like, I think some of the streaming versions of it, because they didn't secure the music rights, actually, like, they cut that song out. And so it's like, it's like, it's doesn't, it doesn't fucking work. So it must be Don't Fear the Reaper, right? You got it. Okay. Of course. Right. It's a tight song. I, I, I stand by that song. It's a jam. It's a bop. I love it. You know what else is a fucking jam I heard not long ago? Fucking Radar Love. And then my, mm. buddy said, my buddy said it's the best song ever while it's on. And I was like, yes, that's probably the way to put it. It is definitely of that era of, like, you know, post-Doors, post, um, yeah, the, you know, the early prog, post-Moody Blues, but definitely, like, um... You know, like same that same kind of era that would like lead into like you know Radio Birdman doing songs like Descent into the Maelstrom or the Man with the Golden Helmet, which are both like seven eight minutes or so. Well, anyway, I stand by Radar Love. That is all. I'm listening to it right now. I cede the rest of my time. I don't care for it. <laughs> we don't get together that's, at all. That's okay. Yeah, this is not working for me. Yeah, <laughs> pretty good drumming, but. Uh, t- done by, but I just, just something about hello kitty. Something about just the fact that the band who made it was a Swedish band, I think, named Golden Earring. Terrible name, absolutely terrible name. I mean, at least yeah, Sigur Rose uh, put up, you know, kind of like you know, set the way of realizing if you're going to name yourself for some kind of like, uh, um, maybe a slightly more than quotidian noun or quotidian object, call yourself that, but only in your home language but not in English. It's almost like naming your kid an English noun. It's like, no, name your kid a noun after, like, you know, like in German or Hebrew or Japanese, but not in English. And hope they never go to a country where that's (laughs) the spoken language. That's true. I never knew my my name was Stepstool in German until I actually went to Germany. It was a very painful thing that my parents did to me. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah, it's bad. I guess my name literally means attic. I could have gone with that. Never mind. Attic? Strike that. Your name is Keller? Excuse me, that's Dutch, not German. I would have you know. <laughs> yeah, get him, Jeremy. I don't keep track. Uh, whatever. Anyway, uh, so... Greek to me. Something like that, <laughs> yes. Yes, thank you, Shakespeare. Um, all right, looking back to, to provide this um, slightly addled episode with some sort of formats over the back of the year, uh, let us scroll way, way, way back to the beginning of the year. Um... Did you guys hear about there was that like weird epidemic that flared up in China? Like it died down pretty quick, but like it was scary. It looked like it was going to spread here, but I mean, fortunately, they got that under control in time. So 
Thank God we live in a uh, technologically advanced time where nothing bad happens in the United States. Yeah. yeah. That, that, I think it was someplace called like Wuhan or something. I don't remember. Yeah, it's amazing. They're, you know, obviously they're kind of, they're pretty much back to normal. Everything's fine. They're having award shows. Yeah. No one's wearing masks to them. You know, it's perfectly contained. And we're, we're doing great over here, too. I mean, business as usual. Yep. Yeah, Wuhan gives a shit is what I say, right? Wow, yeah, I mean, wow, I wow. went out yesterday. It's not a problem. We need to Nobody was wearing masks. and I, I just watched Tenet for the 15th time in theaters. <laughs> oh, wow. I can't get enough of it. I watched Wonder Woman and... You make me laugh because it's just so good. It makes me laugh. Has anybody found out exactly how much more money did Wonder Woman make did did made more than Tenet? Because Fuckhead really pushed him to put Tenet into the theaters, but I'm just wondering if the numbers from Wonder Woman have uh, made it back in yet. How do you parse that anyway? Is it like HBO Max subscriptions or what? I don't know. It's HBO Max subscriptions is like what? It's like 30 bucks a month? No, I mean I get mine with my phone plan, so I don't like even think okay. about it. But. I I I subscribe. I I find movies that are that air on HBO Max. I find them as after they fall off the truck. So I can't mm-hmm. I can't comment on that. But uh, one of the things I did want to bring up is because of like way back going looking back. I'm trying to uh, looking back to the beginning of the year. Um, like I was unemployed because I my uh, my my contract job with a large. Um, Large truck manufacturer ended four days before Christmas, so I just figured, hey, you know, this is going to be a, a a nice long winter break, and it'll work out. I didn't expect it to be that long, but you know, it was. And it yeah, I had a similar experience. My remote working contract with my company in Portland ended and the end of February, and I thought, okay, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to get a job like immediately. Uh, I'm still unemployed, so but that's my choice. Just got to. Put that like little thing on there. Yes, I did look for jobs. Yes, I was denied unemployment. But I am unemployed by choice, and I'm having the best time of my life. I've watched a thousand episodes of Asian soap operas, and I feel very good about it. That's my job now. All right. You, you certainly have an expertise uh, that of about something I have no clue about, and we should come back and do a whole episode about this. Someday. Way. But I will Someday. not... I will not take over this conversation like I did before, and I apologize for any listeners from that time period who had to listen to me talk about Asian dramas because I'm not going to do it on this podcast. But I will talk about macrame. I've learned macrame too. <laughs> only, only if you can um, macrame yourself up an owl that like sits on the entryway of relatives' houses for about four years. I'm working on that next, actually. Hello. I just got a book. Yep. Oh, Hello. I have, I Mac. Have Hey. Want, what is that? I want, is that food? I want food. It's uh, macaroons, if you can. I want a macaroon. It. Oh my yeah. goodness! I'll put one in the mail for each of you. Thank you, honey. Oh yeah. Is it macaroons or macaroon? Like runes. Double uh, d- d- uh, long O. I think okay. these are runes, and runes are the little. The little cubes. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the little sandwich. like yeah, the ones that look far more like uh, you know, premium Girl Scout cookie uh, purchases. And so, I looked up. I looked up my. First tweet for January first, twenty twenty, and said, "Oh boy, it's the twenties. My twenty twenty New Year's resolution is to become a lovable skeleton who can play his own ribcage like a xylophone." That, uh, how have you gotten there? Yeah, yeah. yeah how that how that turn out? That, that aged poorly. Mm, <laughs> disappointing. I uh, wish you luck in twenty twenty one, my friend. Yeah. Well, that one that that one seems like it's a lot more likely than it seemed when oh. I actually wrote it. 
Yeah. I did wish a lot of people a very merry we birdie 2020 in the beginning of the year, but, you know, oh well. Um, yeah. What and about you, Garrett? 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 I had some homemade macaroons. eating a cookie. Garrett. Homemade He's... macaroons for the first time. I mean, that's really the only thing that yeah, happened to me. One thing, really interesting thing about it. One thing we do recommend here to hear it. Yeah. One thing we do yeah, recommend to all listeners on the show is remember, chew your food completely before you swallow. Live long enough to take care of the next one. Treat your children well. And that's the end of this message. <laughs> Sounds like somebody died of choking on the podcast. <laughs> oh, we, we, uh, we have we have both uh, we have both ch- uh, people have choked on this podcast and uh, uh, very, uh, very uh, an endless amount of comedic premises have died on this uh, on this podcast. But I don't know oh, yeah. about both at the same time. Anyway, yeah, Garrett, how was your beginning of the year? Um, gosh, you know, it was so unremarkable uh, that I don't know what to say about it. I, I talked to my boss when I started reading about uh, the what happened in China, you know, mm-hmm. and asked if, if she knew of anything about what was being discussed and nothing was being discussed, and that got me pretty worried. But, um, you know, then they were responsible about it when it when it came to a head and everybody you know kind of kind of got their asses together for five minutes and uh well not everybody but more people than i would have expected but yeah i mean my my year started you know there's nothing this i don't recall anything to remark about hmm yeah the um at least some people reacted to it i just remember which the, is good when you're doing a, a show where talking to entertain people um uh, <laughs> is its premise to say you know, I don't really have anything going on. I'm just eating this fucking macaroon. Yeah. I'm sorry, you guys. Well, we're living up to the name, though, giving the mic to the wrong person, although we are, the, I think, you know, this is the right, we are the right people for this. Right, just yeah. Just meandering through topics. It's been, it's when, when, when it's people, been a delight. That's true. Yeah, whenever uh, someone asks me about the title, I'm all like, well, yeah, you're talking to the person. So it's like, um, it is uh, it is replacements level self-deprecation, or at least an attempt to be. Jacob, how was your beginning of the year? I I don't know. I was mostly just posting and goofing off like I always do. All right. Well, I, I, I it, it, yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny because like looking back at it, it seems like it was a magical golden age. But at the time, I don't think I was particularly impressed with anything. I was like, well, more bullshit, I guess. Here we go. I remember being uh, way more interested in the Trump impeachment thing than I probably should have been in hindsight. Oh dear! It's it was it's it's kind of wild looking back. Like I actually cared about politics back then, and I mean I do still sort of care about politics now, but more in the sense of like how how do you construct Molotov cocktails and where do you get the supplies. My, my my interests have shifted slightly. I was going to say, yeah, you, you have, um, I'm assuming you have heard of the term libertarian socialist by now. Yeah, I mean, people keep yelling it at me when I, you know, come to their events and break things, so. <laughs> details, details. Yeah, that was the, um, I think, um, early on for me, it was um, the, the, one, the one benefit about unemployment, getting a, a decent level of unemployment, you know, before all the... <laughs> Kitty, kitty. Sorry, you're gonna hear my cat. He's gonna alternate between what I call masturbating, just making biscuits for an hour on his bed, and uh, yelling at me to pay attention to him. So no, I apologize for interruptions. Okay, I have um, 
Well, there was a calico cat back there for uh, earlier this evening, but not anymore. But anyway, yeah, no, the um, this is the stuff that we were doing in in Portland. We were, st- I think, we were still like you know canvassing and doing stuff for uh, like you know a couple of local candidates. Well, the two local candidates that we interviewed on the show, but also um, I can remember February got in- really interesting because. Um, there was the, well, two reasons. One, there was the, the very, the, because of Washington's primary, there was the very, very early, um, Bernie rally up in Tacoma. And so I'm like, you know, Hey, it's, you know, I can, it's like, it's on a r- weird random Monday, but it's like, I got decent appointment. I got a car and I can travel and, uh, um, a couple, I think maybe one of you have met, uh, Garrett, you've probably met, uh, John, you remember John? John, who is like the horror movie, uh, who has like horror movie tattoos and horror movie uh, posters, who is a friend of like Devin and Justin. Yes, uh, he's he's been doing a lot of like uh, like a lot of his own like local like activist work, and he was like, "Yeah, I'll, hell, I'll hut up with you." So we, my John and myself headed up to that, you know, the ter- what turned out to be the only uh, Pack Northwest uh, Bernie rally back in uh, Tacoma in. Mid February, which uh, had anybody realized exactly um, how much the uh, you know you know the virus was probably circulating through people, probably wouldn't have happened. But nobody knew by then, so oh well. Oh, that's that's a fun one. What what's what's your last big sort of pre-COVID social event memory? I am somewhat delighted and humiliated to report that the last movie that I saw in theaters was Birds of Prey. That was mine too, actually. I think, nice. yeah, because I went and saw that. Well, actually, I kind of saw that like right when it started. <laughs> it sounds horrible, but I, had I come out of. No, I, I, I remember like at the time, I was like, I don't know when I'm going to be able to watch a movie again, and I want to watch this movie. So yeah, when I, when I you know, s- sneak in under the wire, and oh, was that the one about Harley Quinn? Yes. yes. Company. Okay. I I unironically enjoyed that movie, but mostly because I have this thing for Mary Elizabeth Winstead that can't be talked about without going into deep detail about my psyche. But especially in that movie, because she wears like these tracksuits, like a crop top. It, it's just yeah. Yeah, you saw. I watched it for the plot. You saw uh, Death Proof and Scott, uh, Scott Pilgrim a few a few too many times, or? Yep. Exactly. Uh, exactly. What about you, Garrett? Did I see Birds of Prey? I'm not sure I understand what the question is. No, what's your last the big pre-COVID socializing memory? Oh, fuck. I don't even know. Uh, I'm sorry to say that. It was probably a gig I played. You'll have to give me a moment. Have you done any, like, remote gigs? I've done a couple. Um, they're funky, so they're not any fun. Um, and, you know, like, the first one made a little bit of money, and then each succeeding one just is... I don't even know if anyone's watching, so... I've been working on just playing better, like trying mm-hmm. to improve my chops and get my, like my lower register. I really didn't realize how much I'd let it go. So I'm trying to get that back. So it's just a lot of, it's a rebuilding year, mm-hmm. if you will. So anyway, I, I, fuck, I don't remember. I'm sorry. Whatever it was, I was stoned. It's been a thousand years. It it's okay. Yeah. It's uh, this, uh, this interminable purgatory. Um. But I, I wish I could remember because it would be at least one thing that happened near the end of the year, but I can't. Which is why I'm good at being on a podcast. Indeed, yeah. This that's what that is one thing is like this is going to be an entire um, 
an entire lost year for many, many reasons. Also, I am remembering someone posting the fact that uh, two uh, ironic cheers that, I guess, uh, depending on when you clicked on it, the, like Amazon had completely sold out of microphones for a certain podcasting type. And mm-hmm. uh, people are like, oh, God, we're, you know, we are, we're, we, we are not in hell, but we are going to be in hell. We're going to be inundated with all the normies. Oh, yeah. It's going to be like the Matrix, but everyone just has their own podcast and uh-huh. they're just sitting yeah. around talking to themselves. And, and, and with the le- government will steal our nutrients. Yeah, and with with uh, less interesting hairstyles. <laughs> but with the same with the same amount of like che- of like weird cheap sunglasses. Sorry, I'm really tickled by that. That's okay. <laughs> Opening up a Zoom call with your mom and suddenly there's an advertisement for Casper mattresses or whatever. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> that too. Like, uh, Stamps.com. Yeah, like, yeah like, why wasn't this scene in Johnny Mnemonic? Or uh, even, um, yeah. But um, you, you know, Dad, I'm sure I'm glad that we we got to have this call to catch up, too. And I was wondering if you need to catch up on any of your mailings. That's why I use Stamps.com to send everything. <laughs> I Yeah, live reads yeah. For, uh, for Quip toothbrushes in the middle of uh, whatever. <laughs> Which apparently... Which apparently, like fucking Ben Shapiro actually did in his little like right wing uh, like pro lifer march. Shit, I think it was like January of last year. Like it was like doing a, doing a speech or whatever. And at one point, because he was also, of course, taping his podcast or taping all you know, filming it for his podcast. You know, in the middle of his speech, it really does go into a live read for Quip toothbrushes, which is always. The, oh, I uh, thought you were gonna say it was for his like brain power pills or whatever. <laughs> no, he well, he hasn't gotten to that point yet. But give him a two, give him two years, and he'll uh, he'll probably get 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 there. Uh, I I object to them being called brain power pills because they're also good for your dick. I thought, yeah, isn't it like that kind of like the unspoken? <laughs> oh, is that, that the unspoken? I'm sorry. Yeah, I was gonna say, well, hey, one way or the other, it's always larger head. So there you go. I don't know. <laughs> oh, no. Um, one of the last things that I did do in a in a uh, mass crowd <laughs> was Shapiro like trying to seduce somebody. The, well, the, well, yeah. Hey, no, no, no. Ben Shapiro would not do that. He's far too proper. He's already married to a doctor. Who, That's right. He is very. Yeah, you're right. He is who very carefully <laughs> explained to him. Clarify explained that with that that, that WAP. The yeah, that WAP was a WAP. medical. It, yeah, was a was a medical problem for certain women, and that was bad. And so Ben, being a good boy, uh, or I can't remember how the original language goes, but it's um. If you were around, if you were on the internet a couple months ago, you definitely saw it. But it's like, like yeah, my my wife, um, she said that you know it's like it, 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 that kind that that amount of moisture is a problem. Yeah, and for some reason I, I talk like Rich. Is Little. he like a '30s gangster? What the fuck is happening? <laughs> is it Edward G. Robinson? Yeah, yeah. Well, no, he's though <laughs> he's he's though he's about as nasal, but he doesn't go yeah. He's not quite as uh, as uh, as uh, as chief as uh, Chief Wimby. We'll work on it. Yeah, you can but, play um, the you can play that role. I think but, I can um, do Abby if I work hard enough at it. <laughs> oh, just yeah, the uh, the having yeah be having that become a thing the, anyway. The trad I just wife see thirst tweets all the time, and I'm like, what the hell is wrong with you people? Like, the, well, because she deliberately went leaned into the trad wife, uh, yeah. orthodox only fans crowd, which is why she always like photo you know. 
uh, would like post like full body photos of herself in a kitchen, but also bare feet that are uh, tastefully modest. Yeah. Wait, seriously? Yes, seriously. Yeah, tastefully exposed. It helps to remember the, the the Shapiro family. The the well, this generation of the Shapiro family was raised by like like a screenwriter and a conductor. It was like took two like you know long you know Los Angeles boomer you know high status uh, Jewish people who yeah, raised their kids. Yeah, who raised their kids <laughs> with like reactionary like high standards, and so like like Ben Shapiro originally wanted to be a screenwriter. Like they've they've like interviewed him about it too, and he's like, you know, oh, well, I, I I I wrote a couple of scripts, and uh, you know, they, but they weren't that popular. And oh yeah, yeah, I've read some of his book. Yeah, you see, yeah, we're writing scripts around here. No one <laughs> asks questions. He was like a bear or something yeah. like that, right? It would be fun if he adopted a full-on, like, uh, you know, mid-Atlantic accent. Um, looking back over the, because uh, I just realized going through in chrono- chronological order doesn't really make sense, because like, once you hit mid-March, the rest of the year kind of, like, becomes somewhat the same-ish for, like, a lot of people. And, uh, except for, well, unless, unless it, does it, well, does anyone want to give any commentary or feelings about the uprising, which uh, did kind of like help break up that uh, kind of the inter- you know what was an interminable May. Ah, you mean my post-pandemic social events? There you go. Mm-hmm. I watched a few of those. Thank you. You kept me up until like three or four in the morning. Live stream update that, and also like of course, what's his name? Robert, the guy that does all the did all the live streams or does all the live streams. Robert Evans. Robert yeah. Evans. Yes. Mm-hmm. We even put out his own, uh, put out, helped, helped write and narrate a podcast about the Portland Uprising, just called Uprising, which is worthwhile if you, if you. Well, on the nose. Yeah, it's a little mm-hmm. on the nose, but it's also, it's, it's a thing with like, I mean, I listened to a few episodes and you, a few episodes and realized, oh shit, I can't listen to this because it's like, some of the stuff it's like, I, you know, yeah, I might have paid a little bit too much attention to in real time. So it's like, why would I, you know. As Pee Wee Herman once said, you know, Dottie, I don't need to, li-, you know, it's like, I don't need to watch it. I lived it. <laughs> or whatever he says at the end of the film. Jacob, anyway, uh, please go ahead. Oh, no, it was uh, a lot of fun. I had a really great time. I got uh, almost tear gassed almost a dozen times. I actually got uh, assaulted by the police and uh, I had mild PTSD for a while afterward. I kept trying to like. It's really weird because, like, I am a super mellow person, but after that happened, I went to dozens of the protests, and by the end of it, I I kept having this, like, really weird, overwhelming urge to, like, get into fights with people. Yep. Like, physical confrontations, and that is not something that I had ever felt before, and, like, it took me a while to realize what was happening. But after after I after I figured that out, I was like, oh shit, I need to like stop going to these for a while. Yeah, have you heard about like PS, uh, PTSD and veterans? It is the same. I mean, I'm familiar with the concept. Or battle fatigue. Yeah. Well, yeah, but yeah, one of the things is is that that addict I mean because adrenaline is a you know is you know that that state is can be I don't want to say like literally addictive, but like at least you know rather addictive to the point where like um folks who get it and people were actually warning about this like very early on it's like yeah this you know the state that you can get into where you know you, you know the blood is pumping and all sorts of shit happening and then it's like some people can be so become so 
attracted and addicted to that they will want to like instigate shit just to get into that um into like you know that high uh, high level of danger and they're in danger lies right that's their i mean that's what hurt locker was basically about right like the chase of that high and how they can acclimate afterwards and right yeah. whether it was a good or a bad movie is uh, up to y'all to decide but that's what it was about i never oh, actually saw it Catherine yeah, Bigelow. we had a conversation about good. her the other day yeah. yeah. Point Break, baby. Yeah. I always forget that she directed that movie, and I love that movie. I was start, yeah, I was talking to Jacob about uh, Strange Days because right. I think that needs to be revisited in general. Oh yeah, uh, oh, it was. It was revisited in Ready Player Two. Yeah, <laughs> but specifically because we were playing Cyberpunk, but. Uh, um, yeah, I I do need to play that. Um, two uh, two things about Crash. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, I'm gonna no. say I'm gonna give an anti recommendation later, but uh, sneak preview. No, you don't. Oh, rats. Catherine Bigelow did, when they, uh, well, two films of note, well, more than two films, but when uh, when um, Strange Days came out, I was a so- it was sophomore year uh, on campus, and so many people, they, they, because they were trying to, like, you know, raise some sort of, like, attention about it or whatever, so they did mm-hmm. early screens of it to uh, to undergrads without telling them. Well, this is this was the era before content warning. Content warnings. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, uh, more than a few students had a bit of a problem, like going into this this film. Uh, well, correction, had more of a problem with this film that uh, had you know um, some extremely I don't want to say triggering because that's a loaded term, but definitely like contentious scenes without anybody getting warned in advance. Yeah, for anybody that's unfamiliar with the film, it is about literally people selling people's experiences that they can basically on a disc that they can put into their brain. I think it's a mini disc in the film. It's really funny. Um, (laughs) Amazing, amazing cast. It's like Ralph Fiennes and Angela Bassett. But like there is, of course, a scene. It's like a stuff film that happens and it's very graphic and weird and horrible. And if you're not comfortable with that like a lot of people aren't obviously then it's very it's very visceral and it's done really well because it's all like you know it's shot with like a camera first first person bov you know like and yeah but i mean it was rated r so people should have known going in i don't know i got an r rating the 90s were a different time right yeah it was one of those things because of that the same university group uh that would handle like um studio film advanced screenings on campus, you know, just to like you know raise a hubbub, um, had already like put up plenty of posters advertising the next film that was going to be screened on campus in, in late '95, which was by this guy, this one director. So it's nineteen, it's late 1995. And there's this one director named Paul Verhoeven putting out a particular <laughs> film right after Strange Days that had gotten a lot of problems because of its question. It is extremely triggering and questioning content. And so they covered, if you remember the uh, film poster for that film, again, Paul Verhoeven, 1995. It's not Basic Instinct. It's uh, not... Uh, Starship Troopers. Not Starship Troopers. No, no, it's before that. Um, Are you talking about that really specific one with um, Isabella Rossellini? Is it the one where they get horny from car crashes? That is... Cronenberg. No, that's Cronenberg, dude. That's not Verhoeven. That's Cronenberg, yeah. That is... That's a a, a year later. All these horny movie people kind of run together for me. (laughs) Well, dude, I mean, Verhoeven is Dutch. Cronenberg is Canadian. 
Yeah, so, basically the yeah. same thing. Basically the same thing. What's well, the same thing? What's, Ask what's any difference? Canadian, they'll tell you. And yeah. uh, although I will say it is extremely funny to watch because Cronenberg's he will like he will happily act in any like Canadian like either B genre B film or like television show. So it's like you know like watch or you know if you watch Jason X, which was shot in Toronto, I think, or outside of Toronto, he shows up in it because why not? Right. The Ver- Verhoeven movie that came out in 1995 is Showgirls. Yeah, Showgirls is the oh. film that they... Uh, I don't think that's it, though. <laughs> no, no, it's it. And uh, I will get into the story of Showgirls when I get wrecked. I need to go use the restroom really quick, and I will... Let's, let's right. take a break. Key break. That's, that is, like, you know, super valid. You're, super yeah, valid. I, how, I how just how, how are you enjoy a, being in relationships and games. Was say, yeah, how are you a video game Valso? Well, I mean, like, I, I don't mind. He just I'm doesn't want to fuck. Yeah, I mean, like, I just want to be friends. Like, I'm totally up for whatever in real life. But in a video game, I mean, I think part of it is just the fact that I, I don't see a lot of very strong writing for romantic stories in video games. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I don't know. It's just, like, it's very... There's something weird and creepy about it to me. I just don't enjoy, like, trying to smash in a video game. Uh, And that's the other thing, is that it's usually just, like, it's usually trying to smash. Like, I can't have meaningful, like, emotional relationships with people in video games. And if I do, they're usually, you know, platonic, so... Right. I mean, I, I felt mine was really emotional. I even went and read fan fiction after it. Like, I was, like, so... I don't know why, but I just was invested. So, yeah. It's, well, I, I mean, you, you did the whole Dragon Age. Uh, oh, I am playing Dragon Age right now. Yeah, I, I, I revisited that with a, one of the top lore nerds of that game, I shall say. Wow. My friend Chelsea. That's and, intense. Uh, yeah. I, have yeah, no- I mean, I'm not, I'm not knocking people are into that, but, like, for me personally, and I think it's just a question of, like, I haven't found the right game for it yet, but it's just, uh, you know... We'll find you. We'll, we'll find your match. I mean, the right yeah. game for that is uh, is New Vegas. But anyway, no, I um, I think I got really. Let's see. In uh, last Dragon Age, I only get, I briefly touched it. It's one of those things where I like. I think I fiddle, like kind of played it just a little bit. But it was at the same time that I was playing Witcher, and mm-hmm. kind of like got sucked to the Witcher a lot more. And so I really need to go back and try it out one of these days. But it's like, Jacob, did you ever, did you play Saints Row f- uh, 4? I've never played a Saints Row game. Okay, that's too bad, because uh, Saints Row 4 deliberately takes the, um, you know, takes the piss out of a, the Bioware standard. You know, it's like, hey, you're the captain of a ship, and you can fuck some of your uh, your crewmates and underlings and such. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they 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 make it to the point where um, there's just like when you get a chance, um, look up the scene in um, look up uh, Saints Row the Fourth, the scene where you romance Kedzi, the uh, the hacker chick. Um, it's um, especially you know in relation to a certain uh, romance arc, romance arcs on uh, on. Uh, Bioware games. It is an interest. It is a deliberately interesting contrast. Duly noted. Yeah, right. one of the nice one of the nice things in in a oh God. Yeah, no, I I would say that I'm glad that they are remaking Mass Effect or redo tooling Mass Effect because I'm going to finally play that game because all of my friends have 
always gone the romance option with Garrus. I've actually edited fan fiction about him. And if you look at him, he's like a seven foot tall lizard chicken he's man. A, he's like a bird chicken. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like that. You that wear is, like, disguise, look like human want. guys, but you're not a man. You're a chicken boo lizard. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Garrus. No, this and this is that's been true because of. Garrett's uh, writing and voice actor since like Mass Effect One, which mm-hmm. came out like oh seven, I think. Yeah, they what's let. This, they... What's this dude called? Because I, I don't know what he looks like. I want to I want to look at. Uh, oh. Garrus. It, it's sort of like Garrett. So it's G A R R U S and from Mass Carrion. Effect. Yeah. Who gets yeah, incre- increasingly scarred over the uh, the course of the series? Looking back over the year of twenty twenty, the this foul year of our Lord two thousand and twenty, what games, be they tabletop or video, have you? Yes, that's Garris. Um, have you played that you want to either really recommend or really pan to the or or and or just the like dump on to the audience? Oh, yeah, that's fantastic. Why don't we talk about uh, the Last of Us 2 discourse? That certainly wasn't scarring. Wait, that happened this year? I thought that was like 100 years ago. That was this year. Oh, I remember because they pushed it, they pushed the release date back because of the pandemic, and then they were like, ah, shit, this isn't going to work, and they just gave up. And then they released it, and everybody got extremely mad. Was it, At that game, what yeah. was the, what, what was the uh, What was the main instigator of the... Uh, what would the... What was the pretense of the, you know, anger? Abby's um, arms are too big to be realistic, or whatever her name is. Yeah. Yeah. Also, there's a there's a trans character, and they were very mad because it was getting this political correctness was getting shoved in their faces, shoved down their throats. Yeah. The most. Uh, so, the, Animal Crossing, New Horizons. Uh, yeah. God, that was a what, distant yeah. dream. Yeah, it was that we. Uh, it's the um, as an example of how weird. And strange, and um, I guess overstimulated this year was from all sorts sides. Yes, Animal Crossing, an Animal Crossing game became a not necessarily a flashpoint, but definitely a uh, what would y'all describe it as? Kind of like a, a fixation, the kind of the game to like the game to play for a little while there. It's a social game, and people could see each other and go to their little islands, and it felt like a real, you know, like keeping in touch with people right at the beginning of the pandemic. And then it became too much work because it's very capitalistic based. And of course, you know, like you have, so I actually bought gold of the bells off of eBay. And that was like, I felt like I was supporting like the, the, the gig economy, you know? And I, I, I recommended that to all my friends. And then you kind of get bored with the game. Cause you're like, I've got $7 million that I can just spend whenever I want. So <laughs> you know. Smithers money fight, collecting different furniture, kind of lost its magic after a while when you realize it's in this tiny little space that you can never occupy and then yeah gave up on that <laughs> life in tokyo and then everybody went to among us where you can kill your friends and i think that's a much better solution it's like the the progression of all of my yeah. social gaming it's, has been it shows things are going in the right direction when you go mm-hmm. from raising cute animals to uh, wanting to murder each other mm-hmm. well, wait, yeah. I, I missed something there uh, everybody went to what what was the name of it among Us? Have you played Among oh, Us? Oh, Among Us. Yes, yes, we have. A game that will uh, uh, go down in infamy as getting both like popular uh, streamer types and also actual American elected officials to play along. Yeah, I think like, I really got into the idea of playing it after AOC, of course. 
like, yeah. I'm surprised they didn't cut her a check as for uh, as uh, as you know for for uh, promotional advancement. Uh, yeah. What's I, the premise of the game, if you don't mind me asking? Party game. It's like it's sort of Have like. Have you the, seen the? Go ahead. Oh, true. I would say it's like sort of like the thing, like you you know you have two alien imposters aboard your ship, and you have to figure uh. out who are they are, and you can like the whole like setup is like it's all very like you can chat in game to kind of like suss out who who is the wrong person, but like sometimes like I've played on like voice chat where we all like have to like poker face through it, and it's even more fun because it's like you know yeah you're. And a lot of it is, like, you play very quickly with a large group of people, like 10 people. So is it like a rapid-fire murder mystery party? Is that mm-hmm. what you're saying? Exactly. Okay. Got it. Okay. That sounds like fun. Filled with, you know, set on a sci-fi location and filled with mini-games that everybody else needs to do. And while, you know, and why, and also that you as the killer need to do, look like you're doing too, so that no one suspects you. Yeah. Mm. Well, that sounds like a good time. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to murder your friends, it's a really good game for it. I um, my own gaming recommendation is to um, well, in my case, uh, so uh, back in mid February, not too long after going to that uh, Tacoma Bernie rally, realizing that some people had said, "Hey, we're gonna uh, we're putting together a van, we're gonna drive to Reno to uh, to Cannabis for Bernie." And I'm like, well, shit, I'm unemployed and would be down for that. And, I w- and I'm only going to be out of town for two days. So um, let's do that. And, you know, sold a bunch of, like, you know, old used game stuff and got a Nintendo Switch. And I readily recommend a Nintendo Switch, especially in a copy of uh, the Zelda game, for uh, long road trips between Oregon and Nevada. It uh, really comes in handy. Yes, awesome. all all of the long road trips I'm going to be making in the near future. Right. You never know. You never know. But um, yeah, no other. We could call COVID the long road trip. Maybe maybe <laughs> with, poster- trip. <laughs> with posterity that would that would be. I like to call called. it Captain Trumps. That's what I. <laughs> oh. That's what I call it. Be careful with that. That someone's going to turn that into a hashtag really quick, and it's going to like catch on like wildfire. Why is that going to catch on? We don't ever mess very hard. Does anyone want my video game recommendation? Yeah, please do. Yes, thank you, Garrett. It's called Guitar. I've been playing it a lot. I've played it all year. What platform is Guitar on? Is that analog? It's old fashioned. Yeah, like I. It's hard to explain. I'll, I'll have to. I could send you a book or something about it. Oh yeah, like. Oh, wait, there's web pages I could probably send you about it. Um, I've, I've looked that up before. It's like A B C D C D E C, like right, and then. Yeah, it's it's like a long code. It's like the the contra code, but you just do it the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you just never stop doing it. It's not fun for everybody. The country code is actually an interesting description of like you know oh, I can't I can never remember his name. Uh, it was it. YV Malmsteen, uh, you know, shred, Yve, yeah, Malmsteen shredding on, uh, on guitar, uh, for, um, you know, like five minutes in the middle of a random song, just like doing that code on a, uh, on a, uh, I had him on on vinyl when I lived in Phoenix and we just put that shit on and just annoyed the shit out of the people. It's he's so good and it's so soulless, you know. What I mean? <laughs> it's so soulless. But don't you realize? You really want to listen to a guy shred? Nope. Yeah, I was to say yeah because the, nothing that's... but shred, like nothing but like he's not going to do anything else. He's just going to play every note as fast as possible, and people buy that. Lots yeah. of it. 
just really love that. Yeah, it's <laughs> that's how you can tell it's the best music. The best music is the most music, you know. <laughs> right. You know, all the, the notes in. Yeah, it's a, you know value. The, you know, to contrast the old saying, you know, I hate music. It's got too many notes. Like, no, this music has the most amount of notes, and you know, it, it's a it's a strictly like first order linear relationship. But like, the more notes you have in uh, in four four or in, you know to fit into uh, four to uh, sixteen bars, the better it is. You know, you know, it's yeah. Like objectively, friends in, in Phoenix did the like official tr- like notation transcription for Dream Theater, and I was. <laughs> Oh, they didn't do they didn't do sabot they didn't do sabotage. No, no, no. oh no, I love progressive rock. I do, but man, no. I like I like Dream Theater to be honest with you. It's just funny because they're because they're like the um they're like all the best kids from jazz band like grew well, yeah. their hair long and then <laughs> like they just fucking dread. Yeah, and they hate it. They're probably like, I wish I was playing jazz. <laughs> Everybody goes to jazz, right? Uh, I will say I will admit to being um, one of my favorite bands in high school and in undergrad. Well, correction, early undergrad uh, was Queensrÿche, which was in the the prog. Oh, in fact, in mean. the prog metal, if not leading the prog metal, uh, Queensrÿche scene. kicks ass. Yeah, I, I, I would go to the grave them. on them. It's funny to see. It is funny to see pictures of Jeff Tate, uh, Queensrÿche uh, lead. Well, former lead man, because of course they uh, they split and uh, started suing each other after that. But um, <laughs> that's all good bands. Yeah, it's that's fun actually, to see. Go ahead, Jeremy. I'm sorry. I was just saying, it's just it's just fun to see a photo, uh, recent photos of Jeff Tate with with a G um, nowadays. Yeah, I'll have to look that up. Yeah. Uh, well, so this actually brings me around to one thing I've been doing while playing guitar. I load up my favorite songs from back in the day, like uh, Last in Line by Dio. Mm-hmm. And I have my own little folk version now of Last in Line by Ronnie James Dio. Oh, and that's amazing. Sure. It's, it's having a blast with it. It's like uh, uh, I'm doing like some Van Halen. And so, like, it's, it's so ridiculous. That's rest amazing. In, rest I in peace, that. Eddie Van Halen. Another loss. Well, someday I'll Musical have to loss on the internet of uh, this like, year. Sorry, come on. on, feel the noise. That's another song I've been working on. So I guess maybe I'm going to leave this country music thing. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what 2021 brings. It just feels transgressive. It's amazing. You can take you can take folk to the next level. You know. And it sounds like the metal songs. Like that's the thing I'm really pleased with about it. Is it's like I'm not just like playing folk songs, you know, and singing off key, you know, the same lyrics. It's like they I retain the melody of the song. So I'm really excited about mm-hmm. it. We'll see what happens though. Record that shit. I want to hear it. One day. I hate recording, so I have to get, <laughs> I have to wait till I can be with people again, and then they can record me for me. Yeah. I'll tell you years in the future. <laughs> I might not make it, you guys. So. Yeah. Although <laughs> speaking of not, guitar, oh, speaking, not, right speaking of not making it, yeah. Uh, one of the things about this year was um, trying to go uh, because uh, many of us are well, the majority of us are based in Portland, so. We had uh, year-round entertainment or in- engagement in this thing. It was really was going downtown to uh, be part of the, uh, at a certain point during the summer. And as someone pointed out, while there was, ex- while expanded unemployment was still going on, the uh, the crowd size was much, much larger. And when un- when expanded unemployment went off, everything, you know, kind of went down. But... um yeah, there, it was something about going about going downtown and being part of the uh, out of the crowd in downtown Portland and getting um, 
Uh, let's see. It's getting crowd munitions either like fired at you and or like you dispersants or, or like, is that a word dispersants? I can't remember. Whatever. Yeah, dispersals. Yeah, yeah dispersals. Like, you know, fired at you and then realizing that hey, by the way, you know, you, know, you jerks did not realize the fact that there's a massive. Uh, you know, east to you know, east to west uh, wind that kicks up in Portland at night, and so the wind would you know just blow everything away immediately, and uh, everybody would laugh. So that was um, that's one of the. Well, they did um, they did smoke you know they did smoke in my neighborhood because the police the the union building is like probably yeah, five hundred feet away from where I live and uh true way up in North Portland, yeah. And and the first night they did they did tear gas and it was it was blown into people's houses. It was fucking hot that night, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like fucking bullshit. But but evidently they, they got them to, to tear that down and or, you know, to knock that off and yeah. It's but it, it, we would expect it every night and we haven't, you know, heard it of course for months now, but there was protests almost every week. Yeah. yeah, I think it says a lot about this year that, like, m- one of my happiest memories and the thing that I just cherish most fondly is the video of the mayor of my city getting just, like, absolutely fucking blasted with tear gas. Mm-hmm. And I just look at that and I just, like, I just <laughs> smile and just I hug myself with joy. Single tear of joy. As Robert Evans screams, "Do you like it, Ted?" <laughs> As of course, yeah. I, you know, cherry on the icing. Yes. Yeah, yeah I was, was like a block away from that. Yeah, that was the um, that was one of the uh, one of the many, many, many disappointments this year was the uh, the, uh, the 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 look. Well, I guess pretty much you know almost all um, shit. This is even national. Nationally, candidate races. Tended to all go bad, but at least in Portland, yeah, it was the, uh, really scary there for a minute. It looked like Joe Biden was actually going to win the nomination. Thank God that didn't happen. Well, it's um, it, it's I guess yeah, it was a uh, it was there were dark times, dark times, but it was you know at least in, in at least in uh, in Multnomah County in Portland, the uh, a lot of the measures did pass, so that helped. Even the yeah. the uh, a lot of the candidate. Uh, candidate elections uh, didn't go quite so well. I was in Portland for election night and it was my first experience like not my first experience because I just I like literally was high the entire time I was back because of course I live in a dry place Um, but that night I just I just remember like the absolute anxiety attack fear like just setting in and then like the next morning being like okay this isn't going to be over anytime soon and then living in that anxiety state for the next five days how about Not you? me. I was great. You were great. You saw me. I had a I had a very good time. I was just yeah. chilling. I didn't know what was going on. Oh yeah, you, we kept I I kept Jacob clean. Like it was a blackout hit for him. He just went offline. Didn't look at any of the news. Meanwhile, I'm sitting crying on the porch, chain smoking cigarettes. So yeah, I I kept away from the news as much as I could, but I don't I don't even still don't understand Jacob how it's possible to like blackout from. It's like news. avoiding spoilers for the end of Harry Potter when Dumbledore died, you know. Like. I just, I, you know, I turned off my phone. I deleted Twitter. I didn't go near Facebook. I don't go near Facebook much anyway. Uh, and I just set my phone to do not disturb. Like, if you weren't on my immediate close contact list, you were not getting in touch with me. Mm-hmm. I, I I did. And it was, it was like, I am 
going to be making some big changes for 2021. Like, same. I, I this that made it very clear that social media has done some very bad things to my brain. It's a mess, man. It, Raise your like, hand if you got brain damage from social media this year. Yes. Of course, I no. say this after I made like a five thousand word post about a, a book I read on Twitter. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that was really a fun moment for me in twenty twenty was having Jacob live blog his read of Ready Player Two, oh, and then getting and watching it getting retweeted by like Lindsay Ellis and Jenny Nicholson and everybody, and it's like, what the going on in this book? <laughs> It's a very entertaining book. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah. If you get a chance, check out the podcast that was pretty much started just to episodically rip into Ready Player One, hosted by a uh, a Mike Nelson and Connor from Rift Tracks called three hundred was three hundred seventy two three hundred sixty five pages or something like that. No, three hundred seventy two pages. Yes, three. There's a podcast out there called 372 Pages We Will Never Get Back," which is again all about them um, both doing a read and a commentary and getting like ripped off, or at least expressing how their emotional reaction to Ready Player One. And uh, it has gone. It has continued through the years, and they've reviewed and read through many bad books, and they're doing it again. And it is hilarious because. Um, Somehow, in the intervening years, Ernest Klein's writing has gotten more goony, like, after the money and the fame and the, I guess, girls and got, I, I, I would say drugs. Is it like more, Glee Season 2, Jeremy? Uh, I, I, I cannot comment on that. I did not watch Glee Season 2, but it's one of those things where it's like, wait, how, how did how did Ernest Klein get goonier than even the first film before all that? And it's... But anyway, it's like, um, it's bad, folks. But yeah, uh, the podcast is uh, definitely worthwhile and a great, like, episodic way to uh, indulge in, I don't know, encounter or even, like, you know, read, you know. Experience. Experience experience the book. I did not know it existed. That's very exciting. Uh, Do do they make you pay for it somehow? No, it's free. What's What's interesting is that... Um, I'd pay for it. I, I, I like MST3K. So, well, yeah, and Riftrex. But it's one of the interesting things is that I'm just looking this up now to make sure that I'm not misspelling anybody's name. Do you even support Mike? I mean, he's like the nobody likes Mike. This I love Mike. Well, but the, well that's true. Like, yeah, the, the kicker I mean, I like is that Joel Moore, a... but I like Mike. <laughs> well, I love Mike. see, one of the kicker is that is uh, Connor, his uh, Connor, the co-host, was also like a head uh, one of the writers at Rift Tracks. Mike uh, Mike Nelson is kind of like a Minnesota version of an evangelical Christian and mm. a bit more conservative than like any of his yeah. fans would admit. I knew However, that about him. well, the kicker is like if you listen to like how his co-host talks, especially about like emphasizing, you know, in the criticisms of Ernest Klein's, you know, uh, utopia, I mean, dystopic worlds or whatever the hell you want to call it, actually, like, mm-hmm. um, you know, for as uh, as evangelical as Mike is, is like he is surprisingly receptive to his co-hosts talking about like, wait a minute, what's happening to all the pe- you know, all the workers and the people in these worlds that like Ernest Klein conjures up? You know, it's like, hey, wait a minute, this is, uh, you know, people, you know, um, Mike, uh, Mike Nelson's co, pretty much his co-host Connor brings up a lot more empathic and material considerations about these fantastical situations than one would think a, 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 a you know a, a, an evangelical a guy reading it yeah well not just the, yeah not not just normie but like just 
again, um, religious conservative uh, reading these books would bring. So it's uh, definitely a worthwhile analysis. I'm looking forward to their like interpretation of what non-binary sex is. That was my big question. <laughs> what does Ernest Klein think non-binary sex is for Wade? Asking as a non-binary person myself, but is wait is that in is it in the um, Ready Player Two? Yes. Really, there is a say. There's an actual scene. There's a there's some very questionable trans content in that. So, as someone who I I think I basically know is I'm so sorry, you all. I don't know anything you're talking about ever. I know that's 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 fine. That's a bad world where video games are played. What else okay, do I need to I, know about the I, problematicalness that y'all are talking about here? Well, I tried to look up my tweet, but it got copyright struck by yeah, Ernest DMCA, Klein, yeah. so Rough. I can't share it with you. Sorry. Mm. Mm. What did it say? Well, too bad. You guys don't have to hold my hand through everything. I'm well, sorry. Jacob, no, it's okay. So, like, basically, after Ready Player One, where he bas- he he takes over for sort of like the. The, the guy that owns the entire internet and now he's the controller of the internet and like he's rich beyond all imagining and he can do whatever he wants right is this right jacob and yeah this sounds like, right yeah the original the original like the original person he takes over from was so much willy wonka that like the people wanted <laughs> to cast fucking gene wilder in the role of the original of the inventor Except that Gene Wilder was like kind of like you know, pretty much just said fuck this and also died before production started. So yeah, Gene Wilder would never have signed up for that. He probably would have spit in their face. One hopes. Um, but yeah, he decides to have all these different experiences, and he learns about gender by like you know his virtual reality world that he in, like owns and inhabits. He can be anybody and do anybody that he wants, and he's like, yeah, I had non-binary sex. Again, I don't know well, what that well, means. I, I just I have to I have to jump in here, yeah, because um, he actually doesn't have non non binary sex. He uh, does he get, does he get too, close? Uh, let's yeah. Here we go. Uh, so they have strange days style technology that mm-hmm. they can use. Oh boy, to yep. record experiences, and so he goes through and explores them, and it says. I stopped when I reached a series of files with names like sexmf.oni, <laughs> sexff.oni, and sexnonbinary.oni. So he just he discovered Usenet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't ready for any of that. Dude, I was that is still really truly, madly, deeply in love with Samantha. And I was still reeling from losing my virginity to her just a few days earlier. I didn't want to be unfaithful to her. I figured that cheating was cheating, whether it was live or it was Memorex. Yeah. Wah, wah, wah. It is pretty, it's pretty intimidating when you come across a file that says sex, FF. It's very scary. <laughs> oh, no, it's scary. Again, yeah, it's just like... It, I don't know. It's like the fact that he made this a, a part of a, a plot point of like you know. So you need to give this post. guy a wedgie, right? I I, I want to drown him in the toilet. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, not just that, but a wedgie enough that like he coughs up several million that we can uh, 
we can uh, we we can reappropriate to uh, to uh, to to better means. But yeah, well, that kind of nerd's got a money belt on him. That's all I know. I mean, yeah. I would assume that with the kind of money that he's made, though, he probably has like actual military drones protecting him twenty four seven too. So. <laughs> yeah, he's got a bunker. Uh, did you know that you can rent a section of the Pentagon for a year if you uh, make as much money as I do? Well, you can. Yeah, it's it's. But I, I do give Ready Player Two credit for bringing us the incredible acronym uh, and phrase, uh, the Earl, which is what kids call IRL, which is an abbreviation <laughs> of in real life. So people will be like, I'm going into the Earl for a bit. I'll be back later. Oh, so man. you to call me the Duke of Earl. It's almost Whoa. like he framed, you know, the point in time that we're in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Completely. Yeah, it was like Duke of URL is a, um, that's like, like some like mid-aughts jokey, uh, jokey login title, but the, anyway. But between Ready Player Two and Cyberpunk 2077, I am very comfortable in confidently declaring that the genre of cyberpunk in its entirety is bad. Do not consume cyberpunk media. Uh-oh. As somebody that Stay plays away. devil's advocate for Jacob, I will say, please work, read the works of Neil Stevenson and William Gibson and just absorb it for its time and place that it was written in and then appreciate the fact that they tried to continue that legacy in our now and it just it doesn't hold up. On a related, on a related slash unrelated note, uh, did, um, have any of you read Neil Stevenson's Cryptonomicon? Yes, yeah, indeed. What do you think I base my life on? Mm-hmm. Uh, you base Have you invested in Bitcoin recently? Yeah, you basically... I, no, I invested in it years ago, and now I'm seeing the profits. You, you, wow. you, you Lambo, ba- Lambo, hodl, hodl. <laughs> you base your life, you know, <laughs> you base your Can life on... Can I ask on a more s- important question? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, go ahead. Have you all heard the 1993 Billy Idol record cyberpunk? No. Yes, but, well, I, uh, I've, I've seen okay. seen it, and I remember because it was released to uh, like Record Town and all the mall record shops, um, not in CD form, but with an attached uh, three and a half diskette that you could put into your computer to uh, see, you know, a multimedia production. Oh, all two megs of it or whatever? Oh, less than that, 1.44. Okay. I, um, you know, I was uh, fully uh, fully aware of uh, computer stuff by that point. Uh, and had, for years had uh, known far more about it than even my uh, my father with his master's in computer technology uh, degree would know. But that's another story. Anyway, um, I forgot why I brought that up. I don't remember. No, you brought it up because I interjected about Billy Idol. What were we talking about before uh, that? Cyberpunk we were shit, yeah. About my social media blackout, and we were talking about uh, Natasha's uh, increasing anxiety about how entirely well the election was going <laughs> and how Trump was going to definitely win and bring the storm down on the swamp. I think that's not over yet. So we still, I mean, at least in Arkansas, it's not over yet. There's still people that have plenty of Trump flags and Trump signs. And I think that they believe 
wholeheartedly that it's not over until it's over. And I, you know, just got to live with that. I mean, the polling I've seen on that is like pretty bonks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're saying there's a lot of there's a lot of support still over there where you're like, are they? I mean, have you talked to anybody about this? I I, I avoid talking to people in general, so no. Um, but if I did, I'm sure I've overheard conversations. My favorite overheard conversations from outside, because when people come over to the house to talk to my grandma, I leave. Um, my favorite one was about bet. the the Chinese virus, and that was my favorite one because I listened to a really long one about how um, it was manufactured. And, you know, yeah, obviously it was planned. Yeah, uh, yeah it, dire straits over here, right? Um, My dad pulled that shit on me. Mm-hmm. Do you have a lot? Do you oh, have dear. a lot of people coming over and hanging out with your grams? I think they check up on her sometimes, and you know, like they, it's a very small community. So do they wear like masks and stuff? Or you know, surprisingly, yeah, everybody like or keeps socially distanced. There's a yeah, I mean, there's a respect for that, not necessarily in the whole state or the people that I've seen outside because it's business as usual. Like. It was very depressing to go out because, unfortunately, we did have to go out um, right after the holidays, and it just um, every nobody was wearing masks. It seemed like there was a very disconcerted effort to not wear masks. If that makes any sense, like it's just like culture war. Yeah, um, it's a face diaper. <laughs> well, that, that is how it's yeah, that is how it's referred to. Both yeah. by them and also uh, as uh, in that particular South Park episode. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't want to. I, I think I shared this last time when we were talking, but that was earlier in the year. Uh, the fact that sort of like the the the, you know, we had we had not had any. I mean, we have we had some of the most horrible case rises for per population as a state because obviously hit the r- rural communities later. Right. But um, yeah, it it. it, it I, if there's anything that I can say, it's that, it, you know, like people are just a lot of people are, are just assuming that it doesn't matter. And that, you know, I think it's just it, it it's that whole thing about like, uh, where's that? Like, what's that psychological thing that happens where you just you start to accept it or like you can't like learned helplessness. Yeah. Learned helplessness. The Westermark effect. Hypernormalization. Yeah. Hypernormalization. Um, this is just the way we live now. Although if you go into Little Rock proper, right, it feels a little bit more okay. In in a weird way, I was I was thinking the other day about how like you know like the the sort of uh, you know sort of blue check Twitter has been the the most adamant to talk about Trump as a fascist, right? Which we all know that he's like got an authoritarian, I guess, sort of style, but I don't think he's a fascist yeah. in that like Berlusconi style, yeah. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. literally you're li- like so. Those people now that you know the people that that are you know awful where you live and where everybody lives, you know, to some degree, like they literally can own the libs by calling themselves a fascist, and that like we're we're like on that. Sorry, this is something I'm thinking about. No, it's really true. Right. Uh, so so we're gonna like probably literally have a time pretty soon where people are gonna start calling themselves fascists to own the libs and uh, good times, right? I mean, I think they're already doing that. Yeah, yeah it just hasn't really caught on yet. I mean, like, it, but it is, you know, it's happening online for sure. Yeah. Also, uh, as, I'm as, less knowledgeable about that, but I, I, I'm not, of course, surprised to hear it. But the, uh, I, I guess, more of a mainstream phenomenon is what I was thinking about. Well, yeah. I mean, you had you had Trump openly referring to himself as a nationalist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm just flashing back to um, 
the uh, you know two British punk kids in the late seventies who uh, again wanted wanted to trigger their parents, so they started started wearing uh, swastika, and uh, some of them uh, started believing it too. So yeah, I think there's a it's a really fuzzy line between people that sort of do it just to like reclaim what they think is sort of like an edgy humor, and yeah. then and then you know it dips into you know once you start to sort of be completely exposed to all of these quote-unquote memes i'm not going to use that word but you know like just like this the shitty kind of ideology that like infects the right. stuff that shows up on facebook or on twitter and then or it, it just it sort of becomes difficult to parse reality from your attempt at being cool you know i don't know what it is obviously it's not cool but right well there's a lot of humor and i, I think if like there's a lot of humor that like works on being edgy, right? Like you're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. But Im- implicit in that edge, there's some sort of critique or 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 you know sort of nod and a wink. But I think for a lot of people, like they don't see the nod and the wink. They just see the action and then go, oh, well, that thing is funny, you know. So like pretending to be a fascist is funny, uh, but they but they think like being a fascist is funny, it, you know. Th- if that makes exactly. sense, yeah, yeah. It's, it's part yeah. of the bit. What did you say, Jeremy? I said it is part of the bit. Right. Yeah. And uh, speaking of part of it, it is uh, we're almost t- t- to uh, ten o'clock, so we've been going for quite a while. Um, I think, and uh, I have had enough That's beers. Four in the morning for Natasha. Yeah, I've had a <laughs> beer that is is uh, we are. Uh, I am starting to lose my world famous coherency, so I'm going to try to call to uh, put out a call to uh, like let us start wrapping up and um, with a uh, a round of suggestions of things that people should check out. Recommendations and endorsements. What have you been digging on that you want other people to know? Who would like to go first? Not it. I'll go. Uh, check out. There's a band out there called Bully. Put out, which has become a uh, effectively a one-woman show, uh, like her and uh, whoever she can get to uh, play with her. Bully put out uh, an album called Sugar Egg, which is just you know very catchy power pop uh, tunes, but also um, her guitar sounds like somewhere between like Kevin Shields and and Jay Mascus, and. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, well worth your time. So check out uh, check out Bully, great stuff. Next, awesome. Anybody else want to go? I mean, I'm not going to recommend any like of the Asian dramas or maybe even the K-pop that I've been listening to. I've been actually do it, coward. Some... No, I dare not. you. Uh, on Netflix, you can watch. No, I have a list a mile long. You can go to my web, my my Twitter and just see my my shame. But um. Garrett, you'll like this. Me and my sister today, because my sister is visiting from Ireland. I don't know how she made it out, but she already, I mean, again, I'm going to get canceled because my family visited, but it was sort of like a 
my grandmother was going through her first holiday where she felt like celebrating after my grandfather died. So hmm. my sister's here. Um, and we were listening to the music of John Prine. Oh, and Rest I had never heard his stuff before. She had gotten yeah. tickets with her boyfriend to go see him, unfortunately, before he passed of COVID-related illness this year. Obviously, he didn't play that concert. I um, forgot that John Prine died. Son of a bitch. Yeah. And uh, if he Fuck. wants to go down a rabbit hole of good folk music and humor music, um, that, that really, I was literally sitting there crying about, you know, his songs about Vietnam vets addicted to heroin and stuff. You know, it's yeah. like, it's good shit. And anything you can say about Bob Dylan, you can say about John Prine and maybe more. Like, I, like he, he's, a, he's a national treasure. Like, like John Prine stole all of his good material from Ramblin' Jack Elliott. Did he? Okay, that might be a little bit too deep of a cut, but uh, sorry, go ahead. No, I just I I love John Prine. That's all, and I forgot yeah. he di- I forgot he died this year, and he is like one of America's poets. Like, like yeah, I, I absolutely love him. I'm pouring uh, one out for a COVID related illness that happened. Yes, I don't have any more to pour out, but yeah, yeah. rest in power. Uh, both, uh, John Prine, Charlie Tony Rice died today too. Charlie, yeah, yeah Charlie Pride and Prine. Leo Panitch. All uh, from COVID. Oh, Leo Panitch died. Leo Panitch died a few days ago oh. in uh, in in the UK from um, from COVID related causes. Oh man, which is pretty bad. We'll see a film worker. What what an amazing movie! All about Leo Panitch. That's the one about Leo Panitch, right? I I can't answer that. Pro- I can't answer it, that. It's a terrific movie. Yeah. Uh, it's Kubrick's right hand, right? Uh, well, no. Pan- Leo Panish was a was a Marxist scholar for uh, for oh, decades. Fuck. What the fuck? Who the fuck am I thinking of? <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't help you on that one. I, uh, I like the cut- signals crossing there. That's great. Please cut go. that, Jeremy. Are you guys trying to talk about Leon Panetta? No, no, fuck Leo Panitch. I'm very confused. Leo uh, Leo Panitch, the the person who actually had worth and merit in this world. Gotcha. Anybody else have any recommendations and or endorsements of shit they want people to check out? You ready to go, Jacob? I would like to anti-recommend Cyberpunk 2077. It is an unmitigated disaster. I just finished it today. All of the stories feel unfinished. The main quest itself is a disaster. Uh, The endings are just nonsense from top to bottom. The characters are obnoxious and unlikable, and the gameplay itself is very, very, very bad. Like this is not a game that could be fixed by delays, in my opinion. This is this game is just broken, and that's not even getting into the absolute fiasco of the release, which is possibly one of the worst I've ever seen. I don't think I've ever played a game with this many bugs, but even if they fixed it all. It would still be a bad game, so don't don't. And they're play getting it. sued. So, and I I just want to give my heart out to the developers that worked on the project because obviously it's not their fault. Yeah, I mean, there's some very good stuff in the game. The character models are amazing. The voice acting is very good. The city itself is phenomenal. Like, yeah, in a, in a better game, um, you know, this would really and it's it's kind of heartbreaking because like. There's tremendous potential here, and you can really see how this, if they'd if they'd really been been able to just like figure out the RPG elements of it and write a story that was coherent, this could have been one of the greatest games ever made. But um, it's just not, and it's the perfect end to 2020. So maybe you should play it. You know, just 
rub a little more salt into that wound. Hurt yeah. yourself and a little more. Cut yourself just as to terrible. <laughs> everything's as terrible as this game. Yeah. Never I forget. Honest, it, yeah, it, it, it was very realistic in that regard. <laughs> a high expectations and low reward is 2020 in a nutshell. I just got to yeah. say that. Oh, I also would highly recommend watching uh, Wonder Woman 1984. <laughs> Holy shit! What's that? Oh, man! Yeah, oh my god! Yesterday. Uh, I've never, like, I've never been, I've never, yeah. I, I, it would take a long time to unpack that movie. Oh, sorry. Uh, no, oh, now, now I have to watch it. What, I, what what was, we, I, I missed, I missed your sentence. What was hours that? for wine moms. <laughs> it is fucking astonishing. Sorry, Nat. I missed your your comment on that. It was uh, it was buried in the mix of uh, chatter. What was that? No, no, no. I, I I agree wholeheartedly with his statement as a wine aunt myself. Um, but mostly, it's just I, I really feel like it, um, yeah. I I think I, Scott Snyder on Twitter said it perfectly. Like or not Scott Snyder. Scott, sorry. <laughs> um, it Scott Scott. It's not Scott Snyder is a DC writer. Who would yeah, probably be, uh, um, you know, watching what he posted very closely. I'm sorry. I've, I've got all my signals crossed tonight because it's midnight. But um, Film Twitter was like, okay, so superhero movies hit different when you're watching them and able to tweet your friends about it while you're watching on HBO Max on your stupid television, which I did. And um, boy, howdy. That, uh, that is... So true. Uh, I think I would have tolerated it better if I had seen it in a theater and had to pay to see it. Um, this movie, I watched the ending again because my sister fell asleep during it. <laughs> and the poorly done Trump analogy, as J- Jacob pointed out, using Pedro Pascal, of all people, the, my, 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 my fave, my love. Who's crushing it. Uh, crushing it. He did such an amazing job, and I just want to give him all the props. Kristen Wiig did a good job, too, she, for a poorly written character. And you know, like, it's just, I don't, I, I hope tentpole movies die. I hope they go to hell. I hope capitalism Word. ends. I hope Disney um, is ex- just, you know, just implodes someday instead of rehashing everything they've ever done. You know, like, I, it, it's just, it's really, everything has been depressing since the rise of Skywalker. Like, that was like my low last year. And then I've never actually, I've just kept going and exploring new depths. This movie has helped me just learn that this is the future. We're just living in hell, and uh, you know, trash. Some cra- some trash is just enjoyable. Just enjoy it. Um, we don't need to have woke takes about it. This is my this is my thing for 2021. I will unfollow anybody that has woke takes about shit because I, I I love you and I think that there's great criticisms to be had. But like, I the, there there's there's nothing to be. It's trash, you know. That it's that trash. room is that room is pretty crowded. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I, I, you know what I find kind of unsettling about all of this though? I, I was actually looking at the release list for 2021. I didn't see anything on there I cared about, like at all. Anything Dune. I was hyped about, anything I was interested in. Dune. Like, I'm like, hey, I, I might watch that eventually when it comes out, you know? Uh, but like, I didn't, I wasn't excited for anything. Yeah. No. Dune. That's it. What, what uh, you, what you I am excited about Dune. Out? Like, so I don't yeah. know, as, as usual, what's coming out that you think you're supposed to be excited about, but aren't? Well, that, that's kind of my point. There isn't anything. Like, I mean, like, I'll probably watch Black Widow eventually, but I'm not, yeah. like, in any rush. I wasn't upset when it got delayed. Um, you know, like, I, Suicide Squad might be good. It might not be. I, I find James Gunn pretty uneven. 
Um, uh, apparently, there is a. Um, God damn it! I just lost the thought of the. Uh, oh no! Um, isn't Sam Raimi doing the next Doctor Strange film? Well, I mean, the first one was such an experience. I can't wait. I I, I hate to say it, but I am going to watch the Disney Plus shitty fucking Marvel lineup of like side characters nobody cared about, but I care about. Like, yeah, I'll watch the Black Widow movie. I'll watch WandaVision. I'll watch Loki. And I'll hate every minute of it, but because there's no other content being injected into my eyeballs besides whatever is made up by the fucking complex, then, you know. Yeah, but I mean, that's that's what I'm saying, though. You're like, you're going to watch it, but you're, you're not exactly soy facing about it. <laughs> right. I'm not going to be crying when Luke so, Lightning shows up with his lightsaber and kills a bunch of battle droids. That's for sure. To yeah. Use the, yeah, to use the contemporary jargon, what I want to know is what do they think you're supposed to be soy facing about and you're not? References, oh. Easter eggs, nostalgia, everything that you wanted as a fan. Do you remember this? Do you remember this? Yeah, I mean, the, the Marvel TV shows, I think, have a lot of people pretty hyped. We'll see. I don't know. I, I will say I did like Mandalorian, so oh well. No, yeah. you. It's, it's valid. I liked Mandalorian, too. I think it's in, like it's it, it's fun, but it does. It's my heart and soul invested in it. And, you know, I've got friends that cover that podcast week to week, and I'm like, I couldn't bring myself to invest that you know like yeah uh, once the frog lady discourse happened i just dropped the fuck off <laughs> there was okay it, i'm so no, i know it, it's right just, you know I, I i just it's so beautiful yeah I, I so every cis white man out there making discourse about um infertility is pretty shitty okay like don't do that but also baby yoda did not do genocide that did not happen I think we need to bring back like late '90s discourse where it's like Maxo Magazine, and we're all talking about how the Frog Lady can just totally get it. Oh, great! That's Let's, where I think I will, we should go. I Let's get really raunchy you. with it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> all right. My 2021 that, goal is to be the most raunchy. Do I get person. to recommend something, Jeremy? Oh yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I just I thought Jeremy was about to wrap it up, but I just oh, no, it. I am wrapping it up. Okay. Um, uh, give me two seconds. Go for it. The 1978 Invasion of the Body Snatchers finally saw it, loved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, anything by the band XTC. And Jeremy, I want you to listen to the band XTC. XTC. They've never made a bad record, and they're both post-punk and and sort of plenty of Brit, you know, British culture yeah. stuff that you Andy really Partridge, enjoy. Yeah, Garrett, you, I just, I just play. Oh wait, is that um, Nigel? Like that song, great. Our our son's a good boy, Nigel. Is it that one? No, no, is, no. I don't... We're all look. Ha! <laughs> this is the, the the drunk moment of the night. Making plans for Nigel by XTC. We're only making plans for Nigel. We only want what's best for him. We're only making plans for Nigel. I've actually played that song for my little sister because she'd never heard it before, and I was like, "You have to listen to this song." Yeah, they're excellent. They're just, like they don't have a bad record, as far as I know. I haven't listened to them all, but everyone I've listened to has been great. Mm-hmm. I'm just there gonna go. keep listening to like two Lana Del Rey songs on repeat. That's my. That's a good idea that's too. The, that's yeah. disappointing if uh, John Darnell has uh, anything to say about it. Anyway, um, I think well, wrapping everything up. Uh, does anybody, anybody have any uh, final words? Or closing sentiments for this foul year of our Lord. 
I don't. It it's... doesn't get better, but fuck it. Stick around anyway. Like you probably want to see what happens next. Sure. Uh, stare at Marx's economic and philosophic manuscripts of 1844 long enough, and things will start popping out to you. Just keep trying, friends. It's like a magic eye poster. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm. You know, finally read. I'm finally reading theory. Finally, but you know, um, in preparation for the fact that nobody's going to be paying attention to politics because they think you know Kamala and Biden are yes cleaning in their way into. Uh, yeah, no, we're we're fucked. Um, so uh, pay attention. Uh, enjoy your trash if you consume it, like I do, and uh, don't give too many fucks. Um, and also, just get outside. Go outside. Go. Outside. No, don't don't go outside. I'm, I'm, but I'm no, flip, go outside. I'm flipping that way. Don't go outside. People. No, don't go outside with people around you. You, you live in the city. I live in, in the where okay, I can yeah. actually see stars. Uh, yeah. You know. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. So, but definitely just breathe some fresh air and stop thinking about dumb takes on Twitter because it's over. It's done. Tumblr has taken over. We are going the way of the dinosaur. It is all over from here. Hopefully there'll be a no- new social pe- media platform. Obviously not Parler. Yeah. I'm Hopefully not. Yeah. Social security number. And on that note, yeah, that is, that's pretty much it for me. Uh, again, good night, everybody. This is, uh, yeah, I, 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 I have no more words for this fucking year. And that's yeah. it.